You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. It's a great lesson, whether it's on Mother's Day or any other day, is to learn how to live with heaven manifesting on earth. Now, we know it's not going to be exactly like heaven on earth. We know it's not going to be exactly uh, like that because in heaven, there's no marriage. There's marriage on earth. Heaven, there's no intimacy. There's intimacy here. In heaven, there's no gravity. There's gravity here. So we know it's not going to be exactly like it, but we can experience heaven on earth through God's supernatural touch. Through God's supernatural touch, we can actually experience heaven on earth, and it's his desire that we do. We read last week, In Deuteronomy, where God said, if you'll do my will, if you'll do it and be diligent about it, I will begin to bless you, and I will move supernaturally to bless everything you lay your hands to. I want to grow your expectation, your faith, to expect God to move supernaturally in your life. It should be a common occurrence. Listen real carefully. It should be a common occurrence in the life of Christians. God says this in Matthew 6. He says uh, in verse 10, Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Um, He said this, uh, another translation of that verse is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know by the last couple of Sundays that in order to experience heaven on earth, well, heaven's blessings, God's promises, we first have to to submit to his lordship and his will. It goes in that order. We submit to his lordship, and when we submit to that, we begin to live our lives with, it's not my will, but your will be done in my life. And when you begin to do that, that opens up a door. That opens up a door when you say, Jesus, you're the Lord. I believe in you, and I've submitted my life to you. It opens up a door. And we're going to talk about how that door is opened to us right now and how Jesus talked about that. But before that, I want, to turn, I want you to turn me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. 2 Corinthians 5, 20. Uh, and it says in the word here in 5, verse 20, that... We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. For God made, everybody say God made. God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with God. Him with Jesus Christ. God is saying that, man, I've made you ambassadors through Jesus. That because your belief in Jesus, because you trust in Jesus, now you're an ambassador of my, of my kingdom. And he also says that we are citizens of heaven. And Philippians 3.20 says we are citizens of heaven. And another translation of that in the Passion says we're a colony. We're, we're a colony of heaven on earth. And so if we're ambassadors and citizens and we're a colony of heaven on earth, then we should have the supernatural touch of God being commonplace in our lives, not uncommon. For most Christians, it is uncommon. 
to see the supernatural move of God in their life. We call it a miracle. And most people talk about the miracle that happened to so-and-so or over there or in this other country and over there. And it's, it's become, it's become a, a thing that is very uncommon instead of common. The early Christians, it was, it was common to see miracles. It was common to see them in the church. It was common to see them in their daily lives. In the, in the Old Testament, it was common for most of these uh, men and women to see God move on a regular basis. You know, King David said, he said, I killed the lion and the bear. I can surely kill this giant. It was common for him to see God's supernatural ability manifest in his life to defend the sheep, to fight, to kill the lion, to kill the bear, and then to take on the giant. Because it was common for God to move, for God to strengthen him, to God to help him, that's what gave him confidence when he faced Goliath. It needs to become commonplace that we have an expectation for God to move supernaturally in our lives on a regular basis. So that when we do face giants, we have that that confidence. We have a confidence from coming, from knowing, hey, God moved here, God moved here, God moved here. God moves in my life on a regular basis. This is not an, uh, this is a uh, uncommon attack, but it's okay because I serve a, a supernatural, uncommon God that will do, that is better than this, bigger than this situation. And we need to have those expectations and hopefully today your expectations will grow. Under heaven's rule, we should exercise heaven's authority and access heaven's benefits on earth. Let me say that again. Because we're under heaven's rule, we should should exercise heaven's authority and access heaven's benefits on earth. Let my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Submit to my lordship, submit to my will, and watch what happens. The Bible says this, it says, if you'll pray according to my will, you know I hear you, and if you know I hear you, you know I answer. It also says, Jesus said, man, I want all of your prayers to be answered so your joy will be full. You'll be full of joy. Answered prayer brings joy. Amen? And he wants to answer it more, but there's a, there's a problem, there's an obstacle There's an obstacle between us and answered prayer. It's like when people would drive across or or go across the countries and continents as they were first driving and going through them, they they would run into the Grand Canyon. They'd run into the Mississippi River. They'd run into these obstacles. You know what they would do? They would build a bridge. God built a bridge. His name is Jesus. Built a bridge over the obstacle of doubt and unbelief. In Mark 9, we're not going to turn there. Uh, a man came, uh, wanted to get his son delivered. And, and man, he's like, Jesus, help my, uh, he said, I, I believe in you, but help my unbelief. After he said, if you're willing, if you're willing, Jesus, heal my child. And Jesus said, it's, it's not a matter of if I'm willing. It's a matter of if you can believe that I'm willing. Can you believe that I'm willing? And he immediately said, I believe, but help my unbelief. We have a bridge builder. We have a faith helper. His name is Jesus. And because we have a faith helper and a bridge builder, we should be excited about what he's going to do. And when he said, I believe, but help my unbelief, Jesus said, you built the bridge halfway. I'll build the other half. Let's go. And his son was immediately healed, delivered. And because we have this this 
this Jesus, uh, the Lord and the King, but he's also our high priest. He's our, he's our intercessor because he's praying for us and he's pulling for us. Man, our faith should be rising. And we should begin to have an expectation that miracles or the supernatural happens in our life on a regular basis. Um, in Genesis chapter 24, verse 1, uh, this, this is a, a statement about Abraham and what he experienced his whole life. Um, it says this, now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed. That means that means he had been doing it the whole time. Abraham in how many things? All things. Abraham had an expectation God's going to move. God moved here. God moved there. God moved here. God moved here. And he, he lived. He's, he walked in God's blessings. And he, he was blessed in all things. Because he believed God would move. And when you believe God will move. And then he moves. Something happens. Your faith grows. We're going to look at a, a brilliant example because it comes from the Word of God here in just a moment. But before that, go with me to Genesis 26, 12 through 14. We're going to put it up on the screen. This is, this is his son, Isaac. Years later, it says, then Isaac sowed in that land. Where did he sow? In the land, the land that he was. You know, sometimes we think, well, I live in Roswell, or I live in Dexter, or I live here, or I go to school here, or I'm from this family, or I'm from this situation, or, or uh, I don't live there, or I'm not so-and-so, or I'm not beautiful, or I'm not handsome. We, we start thinking about all these other things we don't have instead of just sowing in the land that we do. Isaac sowed in the land that God had given him. So what you have, you need to begin to sow so you can reap. He said, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Next verse, verse 13. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. He went from prosper to prospering to prosperous. I mean, he just kept, he kept prospering and prospering until he was very prosperous. Why? He kept sowing in the land where he was. He didn't look over there and say, I don't have this or I don't have that. He said, I believe God will bless me wherever I'm at. Listen to where he was. Next verse. For he had possessed, he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. He was under the authority and the political climate of the Philistines. Doesn't matter the political climate. It doesn't matter that you might be in the land of the Philistines or in, as we looked with Daniel and the three children of Israel on Wednesday night, they're in Babylon under an evil system and an evil king, a bunch of devil worshipers, and they're still prospering. God's still moving. And he's not just moving, he's moving supernaturally. So what does it mean for God to move supernaturally? That means he bypasses the nat his natural law and does something supernatural. It's above the natural. Natural laws like gravity, what goes up will come down. Uh, uh, the ohm, ohm law, which has to do with electricity and how voltage and resistance works. I mean, these are all natural laws that are in effect. And God, when we believe in him and trust in his promises, will say, I'm putting aside my natural law. I'm going to do something supernatural. Do you know one day the Israelites were fighting a battle. 
One of the men prayed and said, God, don't let the sun go down because we want to finish this fight today. And God stood the earth still. We all know that the earth rotates around the sun, right? In order for the sun to be up 24 hours straight to not go down, he had to stop the earth. He stopped the earth and it's, it's rotation around the sun. Just stopped it. Just stopped it. One man's prayer stopped it and moved supernaturally just so they could finish that fight that day. Then it started moving again. <laughs> Jesus, he said, the laws of provision uh, are not gonna apply today because I only have a few fish and a few loaves, but I'm feeding to the full, to their they're stuffed 5,000 men, let alone women and children. He said, today, the laws of nature don't apply. He did it for another 3,000. He did it when the wind and the waves were blowing, and he said to the storm, stop, and it stopped. He said, today, the laws of nature don't apply. He does it to sickness and disease. He said, nature says this, this, and this. The doctor's done all he knows to do, cooperating with nature, the natural laws, but I'm gonna now move and do some supernatural stuff and the natural laws aren't gonna apply anymore. He does it in relationships. He does it with finances. He does it with, you name it, God will say, today, today, these laws don't apply. I'm doing miracles. In Jesus' life, he, it said, Everywhere he went, he healed the sick and cast out demons. Everywhere he went, supernatural things happened. People got supernaturally saved, supernatural stuff everywhere he went. He's trying to set an example for us to have an expectation for God to move in our life and that it should be a common occurrence, not a every once in a while, once in a lifetime or never in the lifetime of a Christian. That's not how it should be. We're ambassadors. We're citizens of heaven. We should be operating by the, the, the values and the, the will of God in the system in which heaven operates. And God wants to move. I like what he said to the man. It's not if I'm willing. It's if you're willing to, if you can believe I'm willing. That's what it usually comes down to. In James chapter one, I heard a statement heard this many times. Many preachers have preached this, that without God, we can do nothing. Let me say it again. Without God, we can do nothing. And without us, he will do nothing. And that's not, that's not applying to his sovereignty because he is sovereign and he's going to do certain things and have already spoken certain things no matter what we do. But there's a lot dependent upon us. I said there's a lot dependent upon us. The Bible says that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing, nothing, nothing. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Then he says in James chapter 1, starting in verse 5, he talks about prayer. He says, if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Just make sure you ask empowered. Everybody say empowered. By confident faith, without doubting, that you will receive. Without doubting. Confident faith says, I believe you. You said it in your will. You said you're willing to do it. I believe you'll do it for me. That's confident faith. And he said, for the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. 
Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and, and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute, tossed down the next. When you, have, when you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? Another translation of this verse says expect to receive nothing from God when you're in this condition. God wants to overcome our doubts and our fears and our insecurities and our, our unbelief. Unbelief, man, God won't move for unbelief. Matter of fact, he'll remove his hand from people who don't walk in any belief. But if you walk in belief that Jesus is who he says he is and that God did say that if I give you Jesus, if I give you my one and only prized possession, my one and only son to die for your sins, would I not also give you all, thank you, all things? Would I not also give you all things? He wants us to believe that verse. He wants us to have a confident expectation, faith, that God's going to move. That he's going to move. That he has promised and he is faithful. We sing that song. You're faithful. Lord, you're faithful. Then we sing that song. Then you're going to move. This is a move. This is a move. God, move. We're called church on the move. We want God to move in the church. Why? There's a reason why he wants to move in our lives. It's to be a testimony. It's to be a testimony to others. It's to change other people's lives. It's to make a difference. And we're going to read a, a story about that right here in John chapter 1. Go with me to John chapter 1. Oh, this is going to get good. If you think it's been good, it's going to get better. Because this is, this is incredible. Incredible, incredible, incredible what what uh, Jesus says here in John chapter 1, starting in verse 43, it says this. The next day, Jesus decided to go to the region of Galilee. There he found Philip and said to him, come and follow me. Now, Philip, Andrew, and Peter were all from the same village of Bethsaida. Then Philip went to look for his friend Nathaniel and told him, we found him. We found the one we've been waiting for. It's Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth, the anointed one. He's the one that Moses and the prophets prophesied would come. He's gone, he's gone to Nathaniel. He's like, Nate, dude, we found Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. He's the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And he's hoping his friend will say, that's awesome. Let's go see him. But that's not Nathaniel's response. He says this, Nathaniel sneered, Nazareth? What good thing could ever come from Nazareth? Smotherman family, what good thing could ever come from that family? Roswell, what good thing could ever come from Roswell? What's your name? Oh, nothing could come from that family. Where you live, there's not any possibility anything could come good from that place. That's what Nathaniel said. And Philip answered, he said, come, let's find out. Philip knew. He's like, all right, you want to be a skeptic? Come with me, buddy. I'm about to introduce you to Jesus. <laughs> this is going to be good. You can imagine Philip's probably like, okay, this is going to be really good. Next verse, verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, now here comes a true son of Israel, an honest man with no hidden motive. Nathanael was stunned and said, 
but you've never met me. How do you know anything about me? Jesus answered, Nathaniel, right before Philip came to you, I saw you sitting under the shade of a fig tree. Nathaniel blurted out, teacher, you are truly the son of God, the king of Israel. What happened was, is that when he saw, he believed. When he saw something supernatural, it caused his faith from go to zero to 100. I mean, he went from Nazareth to, oh my gosh, you weren't anywhere near me. You couldn't have possibly known I was in that, under that fig tree. How could you know that unless you are the son of God? See, when miracles happen, when the supernatural happens, it causes people's faith to exponentially. It caused him again. He went from zero. He was below zero. He's like, Nazareth? Not even a possibility. Anything coming out of that place, let alone the Messiah. He went from that to you are the son of God, and he submitted his life right then. God wants to move supernaturally to increase our faith and the faith of those around us. Listen to Jesus' response. This is going to get even better. You ready? Jesus answered, do you believe simply because I told you I saw you sitting under a fig tree? He said, man, you believe because I said that. Then he says this. You will experience even more impressive things than that. He's like, oh, buddy, you, you haven't seen anything yet. You believe you went from negative to uh, full belief in me because I said I saw you under that fig tree, man, your faith is really about to explode. Because why is it going to explode? Because you're going to see more impressive things than that. He said, I prophesy to you eternal truth. From now on, you all will see an open heaven. Oh, guys, you understand Jesus opened heaven to us. You understand Jesus he took his blood and he poured it on the mercy seat of God forever. And heaven opened its door to us. Anybody who wants to come in can come in. But you have to come through Jesus. He's the bridge. Jesus being the Lord is the bridge, but the door is open. Jesus opened the door of heaven. And he's saying, listen, he said, you think that's supernatural that I said I saw you under that fig tree? He said, oh, get ready, get ready, get ready. He said, from now on, you will see an open heaven and gaze upon the Son of Man. Now, this is really important that Philip called him the Son of God. Jesus says, I'm also the Son of Man. He is fully God and fully man. He was born of God. He is full deity of God, but he was born of a woman. He had a natural mama, right? He, he could multiply food, and he also still had to eat. He got hungry. He could, he could still, he could uh, walk all day and minister all day, but he still got tired. He still needed sleep. He was fully God and fully man. So he's saying, listen, you said I'm the son of God. I'm saying I'm the son of man. What he's saying is I'm the bridge between you and God. I, I'm built, I build in a bridge. And, and that bridge leads to an open heaven. Heaven is open. Where does he want heaven to come to? Listen, listen to what he says here. This is really powerful. He said, gaze upon the Son of Man like a stairway reaching into the sky and the messengers of God climbing up and down upon him. Upon him. Oh, in Genesis 28, Jacob saw what exactly what Jesus is describing here. He's saying angels were ascending into heaven and coming to earth. 
ascending to heaven and coming to earth on a ladder. Jesus is saying, I'm the ladder. I was the ladder in Genesis 20, 28, and I'm the ladder now. But I'm everybody's ladder. Anybody who will believe in me, I'm the ladder that angels will come up and down on. And they'll, they'll bring heaven to earth. They'll, they're messengers. Angels are there. They're ministering spirits. They're there to minister to us. They're messengers for us. They're there to help us. And I've said before in Hebrews chapter 1, I think it's 14, that when you're born, every single human being is assigned an angel. Some of your angels are bored. They've been standing around waiting for you to get in faith so they can climb the ladder and get heaven and bring it to you. So you can have something supernatural happen. They're waiting on you. They're like, come on. They're assigned to you. They pull for you. They're on your side. They're on God's side and your side. They've watched you grow from an infant, probably from the womb. They watched you grow. I can't imagine they're thinking, man, look at the plan God has for them. I'm going to get involved in that. I'm going to get to do that. And then it comes down to your choice and your will, what that angel will or will not do. He said messengers, plural. Some people need more than one angel because they're doing more. And there's angels going back and forth from heaven through the gate. The gate is Jesus. The ladder's Jesus. And they're going back and forth. They're going up and down. And they're going up and going, well, okay, he said this. He prayed this. Oh, got it. Come on. I'm going right back down to earth. God wants the, his supernatural ability to come from heaven into our lives. And he doesn't want it to be something we hope we see in a lifetime. He wants it to be something we see over and over and over in a lifetime. Miracles. Supernatural happening to us over and over and over again. He's not done. He says, with the messengers of God climbing up and down upon it. That means they're, they're, they're constantly wanting to move back and forth between heaven and earth. It should be a constant thing. When Jacob saw it, he was in his worst moment. He was down and out, and God gave him that dream, and he saw it. He said, Jacob, it looks like you're down and out. It looks like you're in your worst moment, but I'm for you, and I'm with you, and watch what I do. Believe in me, Jacob, and watch what I do. And he did. And so when his father-in-law tried to trick him and said, ah, uh, you'll only get the speckled sheep. Guess what happened the next year? All the, uh, the ewes or ooze, whatever they call them, they all had speckled sheep. Then the next year he said, well, you'll only get the, the, the regular sheep. I'm going to keep the speckled ones. Guess what? All of them were regular sheep. That's God even moving in DNA and saying the natural is not going to happen today. I'm bypassing my natural law, and I'm going to do supernatural things. But we're not done. Listen, John chapter 2, three days later. Now it says, now on the third day, there was a wedding feast in Galilee. Village of Cana, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were all invited to the banquet, but with so many guests in attendance, they ran out of wine. And when Mary realized it, she came to him and asked, they have no wine. Can't you do something about it? Typical mama, right? <laughs> Son, I know. can you do something? And Jesus replied, my dear one, don't you understand that if I do this, it won't change anything for you? 
but it will change everything for me. My hour of unveiling my power is not yet come. Let, let me tell you what, he's really, what he said here. Let me translate that for you. He said, Mary, I can't do it the way you want me to do it. Ladies, listen to this. We can't always do it the way you want us to do it. That's kind of a joke. <laughs> Thank you. But he said, I can't do it the way you want me to, Mom. Mary, I can't. I love you. I care about you. But I can't do it the way you want. And she did what every godly woman should do. She said this. Mary then went to the servers and told them, whatever Jesus tells you, make sure that you do it. Number one, she didn't give up because she's a godly woman. Number two, she submitted and said, okay, if you can't do it the way I want you to, I submit to you. You do it the way you want to. You do it. Because he said, listen, if I do it the way you want to, it's not going to fulfill my purpose. And she said, okay, I get it. You do it the way you want to because I want you to fulfill your purpose. She submitted. And guess what happened? Now there were six stone water pots standing nearby. They were meant to be used for the Jewish washing ceremonies. Each one held about 20 gallons or more. Jesus came to the servers and told them, fill the pots with water right up to the very brim. I'm going to stop right here. Sometimes these water pots were empty. Sometimes you just feel empty. We need to follow the example of Jesus. Sometimes we just feel empty. You know the Bible says a man should wash his wife with the water of the word every day. Otherwise fill up her water pot. With what? The word. The word. The word. The word. Jesus is the word. He spoke a word. Fill those pots up. He's saying fill those pots up with water. But he's saying to us, fill your empty pot up with my word. If you're empty, if you think it's over, you're like, crap, this, there's no way this can happen. I don't know how this is going to happen. I'm empty. I'm drained. I'm dry. God said, come on, get back up on your feet and do what I'm telling you to do. Get my word and fill your water up. Fill the water pot. Fill your, you're the pot. Fill yourself up with the water of the word. Come on, get the word. Fill it to the brim. All the way to the top. Just start filling yourself with the word. In what? In preparation. Because faith always acts. Faith acts. Acts on what? The word. So you need to fill yourself up with the word of God. Two things we have to have. We have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we have to confess him before man, before everybody. Jesus said, if you deny me before, the, before mankind, I'll deny you before the Father. We have to have, be not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives. Someone say amen. amen. And so he said, because you, if, if you're not ashamed and if you're, if you know you feel empty, fill yourself up with the water of the word and begin to confess that I'm the Lord. Begin to confess that I'm in charge. Begin to confess my word and my promise concerning your situation and your circumstance. And then something cool really going to happen. Jesus came to the servants, told them, fill the pots up to the brim. All the way, you got to fill yourself up all the way up to the top. Then he said, now fill your pitcher pitchers and take them to the master of ceremonies. When they poured out their pitcher to the master of ceremonies to sample, the water became wine. As you, the pouring out is confession. As you begin to confess the word and speak the word, when you fill yourself up with the word to the brim, your empty pot, and you begin to confess the word, you're pouring that word out. And it will transform from being a word to a reality. Wine represents joy. 
happy drunk, right? Wine represents joy. He's saying, listen, I'm gonna take your emptiness, fill you full of the water of my word to the brim, and then as you confess it, as you pour it out, as you act on my word, I'm gonna change that word into a substance, and it's gonna bring you great joy. Great joy, why? Because you're gonna see the supernatural miracle power of God's word. This is not just a story about a wedding. Verse 10, the master of the ceremonies, he called the bridegroom over and said to him, every host serves his best wine first until everyone has had a cup or two. Then he serves the wine of poor quality. But you, my friend, you've reserved the most exquisite wine until now. God, sometimes it feels like he waits to the last second. Why? Because the victory's the greatest when it looks like it's over. And you're teetering. You're teetering. Golly, God. The victory's the greatest when it looks like it's over. Jesus has saved the, ba- the best for the last. But he does it on his time and his way. Someone say amen. He does it on his time and his way. Don't put him in the box and say it has to come from here or there. God will come from sideways. He'll come from northeast, south, and west all at the same time. God God can just, he can move through this and that and that and another thing. He will move Ah, Don't ever put him in a box and say you have to do it this way. Let him do it his way and on his timing. Don't put him in a box in time either. He'll do it his way and on his time. That's what he told his mom, and he did it. And he said, you saved the best for last. And he said, this this miracle in Canaan was the first of the many extraordinary miracles. The first of what? Many extraordinary miracles. Many of more. They, they, They not only increased in quantity, but they increased in quality. Why? Because your faith begins to grow. The more you experience a supernatural move of God, the, and you get to see it, you get to see it. Listen, faith starts like this. I believe God's word without seeing it. But once I see it, now my faith is different. What is my faith? Stronger. And then when I see it again, I'm getting stronger. Then I see it again even bigger. I kill a lion and a bear. Now I kill a giant. Then I'm going to just take over. David's now taking over nations, and he's living in the, he goes from the outhouse to the palace, man. I mean, he's, he's just, it's just this. And every time that he sees something, his faith grows. His faith grows. He's like, man, I saw that. I experienced that. And he tells everybody. God wants us as his ambassadors to see our faith continually grow and to, and to experience his supernatural ability, his miracle working power on a, as, that it becomes commonplace to us that people even say about you, wow, every time I talk to you, something else is cool is happening. Yeah, yeah, and it can happen for you too. I, you can serve the same God I'm serving. And this is what Jesus said. This miracle in Canaan was the first of many extraordinary miracles Jesus performed in Galilee. This was a sign. Everybody say a sign. Revealing his glory. Every time he does something supernatural, it's a sign revealing what is his glory? His goodness and his mercy. Glory, God's glory is his goodness and his mercy combined. That's what makes God great is his goodness and his mercy. He said, I'm gonna show you my glory. I'm gonna show the whole world. Then he said this, and his disciples believed in him. What do you mean they believed in him? They already believed in him. Yeah, but what he's saying is they believed in him even more. Their faith went up. 
they, they saw filth. Nathaniel's with them now, three days later. First he hears them say that about, about him seeing him under the fig tree when there's no way he could have saw him. And he, his faith goes from negative five to 100. And then Jesus says, oh, wait, man, if you stay in faith, if you keep growing in faith, man, these angels are going to be going up and down, right and left. You're going to see even more impressive stuff. Well, three days later, he saw something more impressive. So what happened to his faith? He went from zero to 100. Now he's 100 to 200. And then they saw more extraordinary miracles just in Galilee. Now they're 300, 500, 1,000. They can't keep their mouth shut. They're like everywhere they go, oh, no, no, no. Jesus is the Lord. He's the Son of Man and the Son of God. He's the Messiah. He's the Holy One. He's the Anointed One. I saw this, and 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 I experienced this, and I witnessed this, and I saw this. You can never take my faith away from me. And I didn't just have, see it happen to others. It happened to me. It happened to my family. And it happened to my cousin. It happened to my pastor. It happened to the person sitting next to me at church. It's happening, 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 happening. That's how God king, God's kingdom wants to, to experience heaven on earth is through this, what I'm talking about right here. That's called faith. Faith in who? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That if he would die for our sins, and he would go, he would descend three days into the belly of the earth for us, and he would overcome sin and death, there's nothing, there is nothing he won't do for you. There is nothing he won't uh, bless you with. There is nothing he won't move on. But you have to trust him that if he promised his way, his timing is his, not ours. And when you live like that, and when you live like that, you won't be impatient. Sometimes I get impatient, and it's, it's just really impatience is a lack of faith. It's a lack of trust. When you're, when you're, the Bible says through faith in patience, you'll inherit all the promises of God, all of them, all of them through those two things. So faith is saying, I know you're willing to do it for me and willing to do it in this situation. Patience says, I know you'll do it your way on your timing, and I'm going to wait on you, God, because I know it's already done because you promised. You do it your way on your timing. You maximize. You do it according to your purpose. His purpose here in Galilee was not that everybody else knew that he did it. It was just for his disciples to know. Why? Because if everybody else knew he did it, uh, there's no telling what kind of games they want to play. But these people already believed in him. He wanted to grow their faith so they could be witnesses and testify to others that he is the Messiah and the one and only Lord and King. That was his, that's why he told Mary, I can't do it your way. Everybody's gonna know all this stuff. I, I, I'm gonna do it my way, and the way I do it, no one else will know, except my, my followers will know. In their faith, they believed in him. Their faith just started growing and growing till they had an expectation that even when he was gone, he said, listen, it's better that I go. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. It's going to get him. The works I do, he said, even greater works you'll do. Isn't that crazy? He said, because I go away and open up this door to heaven and send you the Holy Spirit, the works I did, greater works you'll do. That's his expectation of us. He wants to do miracles. Let's believe them for them. If you feel empty, just begin to, to, just begin to take in the word. Fill your water pot to the brim with the word of God. 
There's no shortcut to that. You have to actually read it. You have to actually study it. You have to actually put it inside of you where it's not just outside here reading on a page, that it becomes alive inside of you. That water, that it becomes, that was inside the pot. You have to, where you believe it, where it's inside of you. You know it. You can, you, if someone say, hey, man, uh, uh, you're believing for healing? And you go, yeah, that's right. First Peter 2.24. Isaiah 53. I mean, you're just rattling off scriptures, man. You, you got stuff. Jesus went about healing all that were sick and oppressed of the devil. He didn't leave me out of the all. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's delivering me, healing me. I mean, you just, you just start rattling off Scripture. It's alive inside of you. You filled your water pot to the brim. Someone touched that, that water pot, it's like water's coming out because it's, it's full. They shake it, water's splashing because it's to the very brim. Fill your pot. Fill up on the Word. God wants to. He said, if I be for you, who could be against you? He said, nothing can separate you from my love. He said, if I give you Jesus, I'll give you all things. He said, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. How many times does he have to say, all, all. I supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Put my kingdom first, and I'll give you all. I mean, how many times do you have to say, I want to bless, I want to bless, I want to do, I want to move. I want to move supernaturally. I want to do miracles in your life. He says it over and over and over and over and over. Let's believe it. Let's finally say, okay, God, I get it. I believe it. I'm going to see miracles. I'm going to see you overcome the natural and move in the supernatural for me, my family, and for those around me. This is going to be a common occurrence because I'm a citizen of heaven, an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And they're going to see what an ambassador lives like, acts like, moves like. What a citizen of heaven lives like. In faith and hope and love and power, authority, knowing you have access to God Himself. He said, Come boldly into the throne of grace. He said, If you're in trouble, come boldly to the throne of grace. He said, I'll be a present help in times of trouble. He said, I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna move for you. I wanna stir you up to believe in. Listen, every eye closed here, and sorry I haven't addressed the people online. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms watching online. Happy Mother's Day to my mother-in-law in Oklahoma, Nancy Johnson. Happy Mother's Day. Allie, happy Mother's Day. If you're online or here and you're not right with God, but you want to be, this is your moment. This is your moment. This is your time. God's offering you an opportunity to get right with him. He showed me some weeks ago that I had never prayed until I prayed this prayer that I'm going to pray with some today. It's the first time I ever prayed was to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord. I believed he's the Lord. I believe he did die for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe there's one God and only one mediator between us and God, and his name is Jesus. He's the bridge. He's the only way to heaven He's the only way to forgiveness. He's the only way to a right relationship with God. He's the only way to walk in God's miracle power and have hope and faith and love and the authority, uh, access to the authority of heaven on earth is through the Lordship, me submitting my life to the Lordship of Christ. First prayer I ever prayed was that. 
If you've never prayed, let this be your first prayer. Maybe you've prayed and nothing happened because you never were submitted. Your, your motives, God said, I, you have not because you asked not. Or you ask amiss with a wrong motive. Your motive wasn't to submit to his lordship. Listen, he's not moving. He's not the open door. He's not the ladder until he's Lord. Until you have submitted your will to his will, heaven's not coming to earth for you. God's not playing games. He's God and he knows it. Jesus is Lord and he knows it. He's not stepping off his throne to accommodate any of us. We have to step up and bow before the throne. I gladly, voluntarily did it. He won't make you. He gave you a free choice. You have have the freedom to go to heaven or the freedom to go to hell. You have a freedom to walk in his blessings or the curse curses of this world. You have the freedom to serve Satan or to serve God. He gave you a free choice, a free will. But if today you would say, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. If that's your statement today and you've never prayed that, let's pray right now. Or maybe you've prayed before in that scripture that said, turn back, turn back. You need to turn back. Turn back and come home. If you're online, whether it's your first time or next time, I ask you to send us a message now saying, hey, I'm, I'm online, I'm, I'm gonna pray today. I prayed to get right the first time or maybe this is my next time. I'm just gonna get right with God, I'm praying. In this room, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to raise your hand and say, I'm not ashamed to say, I'm gonna get right with God. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and then put it down quickly. And then we're all gonna pray. Right where you're seated, you're gonna, we're going to pray here, wherever you're at. Online, we're going to pray there. So if that's you online, send us that message right now. Don't hesitate. In this room, one, two, three, raise your hand and say, I'm going to get right with God before I leave here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All over this room, thank you. All over this room, thank you. All over this room. Anybody else want to join them? I think the greatest blessing any child could have is a praying mama. If you're a mom and you don't know Jesus, your prayers have not impacted uh, your family. The, the kingdom of heaven's not operating in your life on earth. Listen, you need to submit to his lordship first. And if you haven't, and you're, just raise your hand and say, it's me. I'm going to get right with God today. I want to be a praying mom that has an impact. Thank you. Anybody else? I want to have an impact on my children, on my family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's pray, church. Let's all pray with them online. Let's pray. Let's pray now. Even if you're watching this later in the week, pray. If God's dealing with your heart, pray. Let's pray together. Say this, say, God, I believe there is only one God. And there's only one mediator, one bridge between us and you. His name is Jesus. I believe that. And I believe he died for my sins on the cross for me, for us. I believe you raised him from the dead. He's alive. He's seated at your right hand. And he prays for me still to this day. Because I believe that, I ask you to forgive me. 
by the blood of Jesus of all my sins. All the things I should have done, I didn't. And all the things I did that I shouldn't have. And I receive all your forgiveness right now. And I thank you that all guilt, shame, and condemnation is gone because of you, Jesus. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord, Jesus Christ, of my life. I receive the Holy Spirit. I'm right with you, God, right now. Teach me now by your word and by the Holy Spirit how to live this life with your miracle power common in my life that I may testify in believing you even more. And others will come to know you because of my life. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for his goodness. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.